Right now, we want to bring to you Brother Craig Work. He, uh, we, he doesn't really need an introduction, but he's been doing a great job working with those who have come in who have had addictions. He has helped lead the way and uh, has helped Sister Voskis in, in a lot of direction with the uh, addiction programs that we have. And I want you to welcome Brother Craig and the Lord at this moment. easier. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Brother David, I appreciate that, what you just said there, but you know, this, this, this Be Free team that we got is phenomenal. It, it, um, it's a lot of them. Their names never get called a lot of times, but they're in the trenches right along with the rest of them. You know what I mean? And, and you know, that, everyone, everyone pours into this, even you guys. You know, we couldn't do it without y'all's encouragement. Y'all have heard us all say that many, many times. And, and we really thank y'all for all that you do. From the bottom of our hearts, we really do. Um, I'm lost. <laughs> Sorry. Um, today has been a day. It um, started out for me about 4 o'clock this morning. Just the devil really trying to fight me to not, not show up tonight. And... Um, you know, they tell me that comes with the territory. So uh, here we are. We're going to whoop him. But um, anyhow, you know, I give my condolences to Joey's family. Uh, Joey was a one of a kind. We all know that. We can stand here and talk about her the rest of the night. Uh, I pray for Brother Billy, for the whole family. But, you know, and they're going to need us when time's come. They're going to need us. Joey was a, was a huge fan of the Be Free. She loved us all. She was, she was probably one of our biggest supporters. And uh, we loved her. We loved her and Brother Billy. We always loved their words of encouragement that they brought to us. But, uh, anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Uh, what I'm about to talk to you guys tonight about is something that I have dealt with uh, most of my life. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's something that I, I've just recently talk with my own parents about it's um, and, and, and they would be here tonight but we had some, some business come up they had to go tend to but uh, anyhow y'all can we pray for them can, can I just be real we, we've had a truck to wreck and they had to go to it and um, don't know the outcome so br Brother Wilson would, would you mind saying a word a, a prayer Jesus thank you for answering prayer many times these people love your work. They love the kingdom. Thank you for answering prayer and helping us through many situations. Jesus, I rebuke any problem, any situation. Heal and touch those that could be injured or whatever it may be. Take care of Kenny and Gail as they travel. In Jesus' name, be with us all. Bless Brother Craig tonight as he opens his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Oh, you can be seated. I, uh, I know that's kind of out of the ordinary, but when it comes to a truck wreck, that's a pretty touchy situation when it comes to our family. But um, back to what I was saying, what I was going to talk about, I've just recently opened up with my own parents about, so it's this, um, my title tonight to this message 
is a 30-year-old secret of shame. So I hope that, that I can deliver it because it's, it's hard. You know, I, I, I feel like that I have been completely delivered from drugs. You know, I, I feel like, I feel that. I know that. I don't feel it. I know it. But here, here, here's, the, here's the deal with drugs. Those of you that's been on drugs before, you, those of y'all that dealt with them, you know, drugs is only a symptom to a problem. They're only a symptom. It's just something that you use to numb things with. But um, if, you, if you will, I want to go read the book, uh, Isaiah 50 and 7. It said, For the Lord God will help me, therefore I shall not be confounded. Therefore I have not set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. You know, it's hard to talk about shame with anyone that's not willing to talk about it. But I've, I've been doing some studying on shame, Bishop, and, and I found that the Bible is full of knowledge about shame. From front to back, through and through, all about it. It's a lot. It's, a lot. it's, 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 it's what you gotta have. Um, all right, <laughs> I'm really nervous if y'all can't tell. <laughs> In order to talk about shame, I'm going to start out in Genesis about Adam and Eve. It says in Genesis 2 and 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. This passage of scripture tells us that their first feeling that man and woman felt was that they did not have shame. I believe, I believe that God was letting us know right then and there that shame would eventually become the devil's greatest weapon. Early on in the Bible, I believe he was warning us that that would become the greatest weapon. You know, in Genesis 3 and 7, we learned that the eyes of them were open. They realized they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together. They made themselves aprons. But what we don't know, what we do notice also in this portion of Scripture is is that they weren't hiding from God. God wasn't even present at this time. He wasn't even there. They kept themselves concealed and hidden. So now they had separation in their marriage. They had isolation and they had division. Let me tell you something. What I've learned, I don't miss my spot, and I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm everywhere. But um, not only will shame hinder your walk with God, but it'll hinder the walk with, with your people that's closest to you. It will. It really will. You know, I can testify to that, you know, from, from, and, and I will. I'll get into it in a minute. But in Genesis 3, 8 and 10, it says, They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden on a cool day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in thy garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now notice this. Adam and Eve hid their, hid their parts of themselves from each other, but they also hid from God at this point. The scripture tells us that the first words ever spoken to God from man was, I'm naked and I'm afraid. First words ever spoken. Not, thank you. Not, Lord, I love you. I'm naked and I'm afraid. You know, 
Scripture goes on to tell us that they started blaming others for the situations when we all know that, you know, they, they sin. Everybody knows that story. Um, I'm going to skip on down. Um, what I've learned with my shame, dealing with it, for my tests and my trials, is that nobody can help you. There's only one way you can overcome it. You gotta have a conversation with God. You gotta have a conversation with God. That's the only way you're gonna overcome it. You know, in Revelations 12 and 11, it says we're overcomers by the word of our testimonies. So, I'm gonna tell y'all a portion of my testimony that I did not tell you the first time. And I'm sorry for that. For I felt at the time that I was way too ashamed to open up completely about it. I did not lie to you. I just wasn't very open about the situation. So here go. I grew up here in this small town of Bethlehem. I went to school here. I went to church here. I know you guys have heard this, but I want to build a platform so that you'll understand. You see, what I'm about to tell you is a 30-year-old secret that none of us ever want to ever imagine that these kind of things can happen or will happen in and around us. You know, the Bible even tells us in Genesis 4 and 7 that sin lies at the door. You see, I lived an ordinary life like any other kid until one day. When I was eight years old, I was doing just like any other kid does. I was outside playing. Being a kid, when a person approached me, This person lured me into a dark room, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I didn't have any reason to fear this person. I'd known him all my life. Grew up around him. This is when my life as a normal person would change forever as far as the devil thought, and it did for a long time. You see, this person done things to me that no normal person would do to anyone, let alone a kid. The things that happened to me that day made me make a decision from that moment to never admit this to anyone. I began at that very moment to be a person that I was not. I began to live life by fear of someone finding out, people looking at me differently. I was ashamed. I was ashamed of the person. I was ashamed of the person that I had become to feel like. I felt weak. I felt afraid. I felt betrayed. I felt vulnerable. I felt worthless. So I made a decision, an unconscious decision, right then and there as an eight-year-old boy to become a person that had to stand out I had to make myself look good no matter the cost. I had to make myself look big to be a person that I was not. I would never allow myself to be that vulnerable to anything ever again. But you see, God, but God, ain't that, a, ain't that a phrase? But God, 
But God. But God. Young folks, I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. But God, seven years after, seen fit to send a young anointed preacher home right back here. That person would become my youth pastor. Y'all listen to me. He would become my youth pastor, my ball coach, the greatest spiritual mentor I would ever have. He wasn't here just for me. He was here for everyone. But he was also the guy that I could open up and confide in. When I didn't think I could anymore. I could rely on him. I could rely on him, Brother Wilson. You're right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. I could rely on him. I could rely on lots of people. I could rely, I could have relied on anyone. Anyone. But you see, like most of us do as kids, I procrastinated. I put it off. I put it off. I said, you know what? I can talk to him next week. I can talk to him later. You know, we get the courage up a lot of times, young folks, to, to, to do this, to open up to people. And just because they're hung up talking to Brother Stan or something like that, we don't want to bother them. We don't want to bother them. We'll say, we'll talk to them later. We'll talk to them later. We'll put it off. And I did. I put it off. I put it off. And we went swimming. So guess what? I put it off for 23 more years until tonight. 23 more years. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all listen to me. Brother Austin and Sister Liz are ordained by God to be in y'all's lives. Don't miss your opportunity. Because if I'd have sat down and I'd have talked to him, because he's, he's, he's my covering. He was my covering. I should have got some covering, Brother David. Had I done that, I may have not went down a 20-year road of drug addiction. Who knows? And didn't have to. I missed my chance, Brother Wilson. I missed my chance. Y'all might not have the same opportunity. I'm not trying to say anything has happened to any of you. I'm just telling you, don't miss your opportunity. Don't set in shame. It'll kill you. It will kill you. That goes for anybody here. We all got shame. Let me tell you what I found. And I shared this with Sister Bonnie yesterday. When I was praying about this and trying to figure out, God, what do I do? How do I do it? I don't, I don't, I don't know how. He said, Craig, let me tell you something. He said, you can't repent of nothing. You can't repent of anything you don't confess. And you can't forgive no one that you have not repented of or confessed about. It's an open, it's an open discussion. You got to talk to him. You got to open your mouth. You got to talk to God. You got to give it to God. You got to give it to God. You know, I'm almost two years clean from drugs. I'm way off my notes. I done lost them. Ain't no sense in looking back at that thing. <laughs> I'm almost two years clean from drugs. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful God has brought me out of that. But that wasn't nothing. That wasn't nothing. 
We are not truly free until we get the root of the problem. You gotta get the root. You gotta get the root, and you can't get the root without having a conversation. It can't happen. It cannot happen. You know, Romans 3 and 23 says, For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you know what I found? Shame's not only sins that I've committed. There are also results of sins that's been perpetrated upon me, committed against me, sins that I've seen or heard. You ain't always got to be in direct contact with it. Anything, the devil can shame you from anything. He can shame you from anything, anything. He tried to shame me this morning. Tried to take it this morning. You know, I found in the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation that it talks about shame. And every, every passage of it, it says you have to have a conversation with God. Right. You know, I found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke right. the story about the woman with blood. But it always says the woman with the issue of blood. It never, call, it never gives her a name. It's never a name given. Not once is it a name given in three passages of Scripture. You know why? I believe, which my opinion don't really matter, but this is Bible. It's the Word. That person wasn't given a name because it was because of every issue that any one of us would ever bleed. It's trying to give us something to go by. You know, Mark 25, it said a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. Can you imagine? 12 long years. 12 long years. I can imagine. I can, I can deal with that. I'm sure some of you can too. You know, that blood was her shame. That was her shame. Verse 26 says she suffered many things of many positions and it's been all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. You know, I tried that. I tried that. I got depressed. I tried addiction. I thought about suicide. I thought about it all. Everything to get rid of it. Grew worse. Dug deeper. 28 said... Verse 28 says, For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. But watch this. How many times have we all been sick? How many times have we been in trouble and all we wanted to do was touch him? We didn't want to talk to him. We just wanted to touch him. That's all we wanted was a quick fix. Verse 29 says, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up just by the touch of his clothes. Of his clothes. Now can you imagine this woman? This is Bible times I'm talking about. They, didn't, they weren't able to walk in here like we are. Back then a woman couldn't even touch another man unless she's married to him. There was consequences to that. Big consequences. But she was willing to do whatever. She's willing to do whatever. Said the fountain of blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. You know, I've seen a bunch of times that I've called on God and he intervened in my life. Just for me to go right back to where I came from. 
just because I needed him right then. Right then. That was it. You know, and it goes on to tell you in verse 30, it said that Jesus immediately knew in himself that the virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Mmm, that's right. You know, I can remember a certain incident. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know if statute limitations to pick it up or not. <laughs> where I was in a situation and I prayed, God, if you'll get me out of this, I'm done. I'm done. And he did. He got me out of it. But as soon as I got free, I didn't need him no more. I didn't need him no more. You know, his disciples said unto him, it's at the same time, you seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? How many times have we been in situations and people get in our ear to distract us from that conversation that we're needing so bad? We all know it. We all know that happens. We've all had it to happen. It said, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She had that conversation. She had that conversation with God. He said unto her, Daughter, by faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. She had to open her mouth. She had to open her mouth. We, uh, we are, we're, we're holding our blessings back because we won't open our mouths. We are. We are. We sit down in it, we cover ourselves with it, and we don't want to get, we enjoy it. You know, I have found that I would use it as a crutch at times because it got me sympathy. It got me attention. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. I'll tell you why it's a dangerous place to be because when you go on down to Revelations 3, 16 through 22, it tells you about that hot and cold. Revelation 3 and 22 says, So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spoo thee out of my mouth. Whew. You know, I would hate to know that I walked away from here tonight and didn't deliver what God told me to come to deliver. Anything can happen between here and there. Anything can happen. But you know, you read on and it says... And it says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're at before you know where you're at. You're not too dirty. None of us are too dirty. We ain't done nothing wrong that he can't take care of. You know what I mean? It says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him. That means he's going to sit down and have supper and have a conversation. Conversation tells us in the beginning, in Genesis, we got to have a conversation. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we got to have a conversation. All the way to Revelation, we got to have a conversation. It's going to take a conversation. We got to have a conversation. 
What are you telling us, Craig? I'm telling you tonight, no matter what it is, nobody in here going to care tomorrow. Ain't nobody in here going to care tomorrow. It's going to be old news. But who is going to care is who sees it and says, you know what, Michael, if Michael can do it, I can do it. If Ashton can do it, I can do it. Son, do you know how many people there are out there for you? Do you know how many people is looking at you? The same amount that's looking at everybody else in this room. You have a story that can touch thousands. Thousands just like the rest of us. And I'm about to be, you come back to the meeting. <laughs> Is there anybody in here tonight that's willing to lay it on the altar tonight? Is there anybody in here that's willing to lay it on the altar tonight? Tell it to Jesus. That's right. You ain't got to tell everybody. You ain't got to have the mic, but if you want it, we'll give it to you. Bring it to the altar. You know, when I was battling with cigarettes, Brother Thurman Kobe came and he spoke. I'd been clean from drugs about a year, coming to church, working the Be Free program, but I still had a problem, Brother Wilson. I still smoked. I did. Brother Thurman Kobe come and he spoke. And he told me, he, he told the whole class, he said, you know what I did? I thought him on the altar. Can I tell y'all what I did? A tent revival? God told me, said, why you bring them in my house? I felt in my coat pocket, and there they was. I would have never brought them into church, although we was in our shop, but I mean, you know, still it was the church that night. You know what I did? I said, if you want me to have them back, God, give them to me. Give them back to me if you want me to have them back. I ain't wanted one cent. I ain't wanted one cent. Give it to God. Give it to God. You've got to give it to God. Step out in faith. Step out in faith and give it to God right now. It's the best decision you'll ever give yourself. Thank y'all. Come on now. Somebody out there, if, it's, if you're feeling conviction right now, that's not the voice of the enemy. That's God telling you. Come bring it to the altar. Lay it on the altar. Talk to God about it. Give it to God tonight. And he will take that addiction away from you. He's able to do it. I've seen him do it many times. We have examples all over this building tonight of how God has moved into their lives, broke the chains, destroyed the yoke, and they are no longer bound but are free, free in Jesus. I, can, I, I believe he's going to do it tonight. If you'll do what the man of God said, and tonight Brother Craig was the man of God, giving the word of the Lord through his testimony, through the blood of the Lamb, if you'll lay it on the altar, I promise you, it's the Word of God. He will take it away from you. Hallelujah. Come on, bring it unto the Lord.
his feet, have your conversation with him. Confess anything you want to to him. He'll take it. He won't shame you for it. He won't shame you for it, but he'll turn around and bless you because you've opened up to him tonight. No telling how many people that this message has touched. Not only in this place, I'm satisfied there are many in this place, but out there online tonight, why don't you tell the Lord all about it? Get it off your chest. Get it off your heart. Say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. This is the way it is. It's not that he doesn't know. It's not that he doesn't know, but he wants you to say it. He wants you to open up and give it to him. Oh, why don't you put your hand on somebody right now if it's appropriate and pray. God, help my brother, help my sister. Touch their bodies, touch their minds, touch their hearts, touch their souls, touch their lives. Touch their lives. Touch my life, God. Oh, God. Sometimes shame is brought on because of what we've done, but sometimes shame is brought on us for what somebody did to us. Oh, we give it any, any way it is. We give it to Jesus tonight. I'm satisfied. I'm through with it, God. You can take the blame. He took its shame on Calvary. Think about it. He took the sin of all the world on him when he was without sin. The innocent became guilty so the guilty could become innocent. That's our Savior. That's our Lord. I want Brother Stan to say a word here tonight and maybe say a prayer before we leave. I just want to say I love every one of y'all. I've been through a lot of things in life that I won't speak of, but uh, the things that are behind don't really matter much anymore. When we all come together in this place in the power of His name and His Spirit, I know that we have something that ties us together that we can all understand. And the mercy of the Lord is, is something that we can all understand because we've all experienced it and we all know his love and how he's always been there for us even when we weren't thinking about him at all. And I just love the Lord for that. I love every one of you. I just want to encourage everyone to keep on because well, the world we live in has so many variables and so many things changing. It's easy to get discouraged, but don't get discouraged because we've got a better day coming. And I have to believe that, and I have to hang on to that, and you need to do the same thing. Let's love one another and encourage one another every day all we can.